Uh, we've heard a lot about the postcode lottery in healthcare lately. It's, um, I guess, a, um, a shortcut um, indicating variable health services depending on where you live. Well, doing something about this inequality in Otago and Southland is Betty. Betty is the women's health bus. Uh, and Betty has been running for around four years now. Uh, the woman responsible is Dr. Helen Patterson, who is now co-director of Te Wakawahine Haora, the Women's Health Bus. And Helen joins us now. Hi, Helen. Hi, Jesse. How did this idea get started? Well, uh, I was working as a gynaecologist in uh, Dunedin Hospital, and I was meeting lots of people who were travelling for around about three hours to come and see me for a 20-minute appointment and then travelling three hours back. I was supposed to be reducing the risk to their care and and, uh, I actually thought I was probably increasing their risk of death during winter because of our road situation. Gosh. Uh, And so I said to them, you know, what do they think the solution was? And uh, talking to them, they were like, someone needs to come to us. So uh, then we built the bus. How hard is it to turn a good idea into an actual practical... um Thing that you can see in front of you. It's, um, there must be a few hurdles along the way. Yes, yeah, so it took us about a year. It, it started off by how do you raise the money and uh, I was in a situation where uh, I just stopped working and uh, I happened to have a accommodation that I didn't need anymore so I sold that and used the profit from that um, and just funded it uh, myself with my partner uh, um, but we were literally putting tape out on our lounge floor to sort of work out what do you need, what space do you need, and then you look at all the guidance and the standards, and, uh, um, and then you have to find someone who's going to build it for you, which happened to be at, at Platinum Homes up in Whangaparaa, who are absolutely amazing. Um, uh, and, yeah, slowly but surely you develop your partnerships and your engagement with the community, and uh, I think we're you know, getting there now in terms of actually starting to actually break down some of those inequities. Fantastic. For someone who lives in a city, they've probably never even considered how much harder it is to access health care when you are living rurally. So I was brought up in Nepal, and I saw that all the time, I think, and uh, came to New Zealand about 23 years ago. Uh, I live in Waitaki, which is a little bit rural, but not very, but I was traveling quite a lot through central Otago, and I just saw how difficult it was when I was talking to people. And the reality is that you pretty much have to have a car, because if you don't, you're going to have to stay overnight somewhere. They did a study in 2016 out of Clyde Hospital at uh, Dunstan, and they showed that for someone having a free appointment, if they lived in Dunedin, it cost about $80, and if they lived in uh, Central Otago, it cost about $700. Uh, uh, So that's quite a different inequity. And then what happens when you don't have your car or you don't have fuel to put in your car or your kids are off school because of uh, uh, whatever uh, reason COVID strikes. Uh, you know, how do you manage that? And it's much easier when you're close by and it's much, much more difficult when you're rural. And then you've got the really rural people who are, you know, actually out there working at all the time and, and not getting an opportunity really to even make an appointment locally. Yeah. Even in the city we procrastinate, right? It's easy to find a reason not to go to the doctor or go get a checkup of some other sort. Um but I suppose this is just more barriers to actually doing that thing that you know in the back of your mind you should really do. 
Absolutely. And then you take that first step and then what happens if that first step comes back and says, actually, you need to take the next step? And then that's even harder to actually achieve. Uh, so we're looking at the moment at doing a research project where we go to people, we go with a point of care test looking, this is for cervical screening, at uh, do you have HPV, which is the new test we're going to be using from the end of July going forwards. We get that result within an hour, so normally that would take you one or two weeks to get that result. And then it comes back and we say, okay, well, this is what you need next. And so hop on board and we can do that for you. So, you know, you can imagine that means that uh, you potentially break down a lot of barriers for people because they no longer have to travel, but also they don't have that deferral in terms of having to try and plan that next thing along the track of their health and well-being. Is it surprised and a little shocked that you actually paid for this bus yourself, Helen? You know, we have a public health system and a public health budget. I hope at some point you were reimbursed by Health New Zealand. I presently have a quarter of a million dollar zero percent finance loan at at, at to the to Wakawahini Hawara, so no haven't made the money back yet. We run as a non profit making. We have got the intent to at, um actually be sustainable, so we've got that plan going forwards. But of course COVID was a little bit of a hitch in there. And um and we hope what we can really do is help other areas to set up and, and maybe model and learn from some of the uh, learnings that we've had. So we know that it's going to be a different model of care that works for every community, but some of the larger rural uh, populations, I think, would benefit from a similar kind of uh, uh, care provision for them. So you're really doing this because you care about it, because you can see the difference it makes? Yeah, I think uh, those of us that are working in that situation, we often work for passion. um, I, I feel very strongly that... If we're going to think about equity, we have to think about equity in all ways. So if I'm out there uh, earning large amounts of money, then uh, you know that just means I'm taking it from someone else. It's much better if we all share it around and then we'll all be much better off. So I suppose that's what we're trying to model. Uh, uh, and yeah, you've got to live it. Uh, so we're out there trying to live it. Uh, tell us about the physical bus itself. What does it look like and what is inside? She looks like a large mobile home. Uh, You can drive on a normal license and was very much designed with that in mind. We did discover that if you were going to park somewhere rural and maybe need to go and get a sandwich, uh, that it might be handy to have a bicycle. So she has a bicycle rack on the back. Oh, great. Look at her. You really think she's just a big mobile home. It's got a pink cross on the side. We we couldn't actually afford to do the whole logo that we had planned. And then afterwards, when people started coming to see us, they said it was quite nice not actually having uh, you know yeah. a bit of privacy. So that was an, a nice good luck fortune for us. And um, and then uh, inside, it uh, um, basically looks like a clinic. So once you're inside, there's a clinic space for consultation. And then you pass through a curtain and there's an area for examination with a gynecology bed and there's a toilet and a sink. And we're set up with all of our equipment so that if someone comes to see us, it doesn't matter what their care is, we've hopefully got everything that we need with us to be able to do that. Because we don't want to you know, treat people as disease, we want to look after people as uh, the whole of themselves and, and provide that holistic care to them. What can you do, what can't you do in the bus so we can do anything that you would do in sort of an outpatient gynaecology type setting uh, pretty much. Um, it, we it therefore do manage things like contraception, abnormal bleeding. And we can insert long-acting reversible contraception. We manage prolapse with things like pessaries. And, 
And uh, and then we also are set up to do colposcopy, which is the next bit after you have your first positive cervical screen. Um, but, you know, it's one of those things where you just set up to what do you need, right? So if we had something else, one of the things we've been looking at is something called a hysteroscopy, uh, which is where you look inside the womb with a camera and theoretically we would be able to do that. We just have been too busy doing other things at the moment. So it's a question of at, um, at what does the community need? That community tells us what they need, and then we'll try and make make that work. How do people connect with you? Are you going door to door, or do they know you're going to be in a certain place at a certain time? What's the story? Um, so hopefully our calendar is now up and working on our website. Uh, we've had some technical hitches. Uh, we have a website, which is www.womanshealth, and that's an A because we look after individuals at um, .nz, and um, people can just self-refer to us, um, but we also take uh, referrals from health practitioners uh, within the community. Our big problem, though, is that if someone hasn't got money to be able to be seen, we, we have to charge the money uh, to cover our costs. Um, we only have a certain amount of donations. So the more donations that we get, uh, then the more we are able to offset people's cost of care. Um, and we have done a few fundraisings through Give a Little. At the moment, we have a Give a Little page, which is actually range, uh, raising funds for a point-of-care machine so that we can do that testing there and then for people. Um, but essentially, if we could get some funding, then we would be able to provide free care to people. The only free care we can provide at the moment is care where we're providing coposcopy because we've got an agreement with uh, Water to be providing that care closer to home. So that's really great that we can do that but it would be great if we could provide other things for free as well. Is there anything like this in New Zealand or overseas? Um, There is a similar type of bus, although not quite so well-equipped, as in doesn't have a toilet um, in South America. Um, But uh, uh, there haven't been a large amount of them that I've been able to see around the world doing women's health. There are, of course, a whole load of other... uh, What I'm talking about there is something that's drivable by, uh, you know, the team. There are a whole load of big things. So there's things like the mammography bus, there's the surgical bus. At, um, if you at, look at, at um, in Queensland, there's a big women's health bus. But these are all, you know, big needed an HGV license to drive, at, um, rather than something that was designed to be able to drive up to a shearing shed, which is what ours is. And that's, I think, the difference and the niche that we're trying to fit. We're not just going to other healthcare facilities and, and being an add-on. We want to be able to literally drive to somewhere where uh, there is no healthcare facilities and, and be able to provide uh, that service for people there so they don't have to travel. You're making a difference, Helen? I hope so. Uh, we get very positive feedback from the people that we see. It, people almost always tell us that they're really glad that they didn't have to travel. There is the occasional person who says it, it took their excuse away to go shopping in the big city. At, um, but mostly at, we have a lot of uh, positive appreciation. And I think the critical thing is the staff we have working. At, so I work with at Emma McFarlane, the nurse practitioner, and Alice Van Gil, who's the other co-director, who's a nurse. In Central Otago, and really, it is about uh, the team and uh, you know how we provide that care to people. That's nice critical. one. Uh, so, yeah. Thank you for telling us all about it and for the hard work you've put in already. Thanks very much for having me. Great to chat. The Woman's Health Bus to Wakawahini Hora, and that's Dr. Helen Patterson, whose idea it was.